Warning, this podcast will probably feature spoilers for many, many episodes of Doctor Who. podcast, the podcast where we take a look at every single episode of the 2005 revival of BBC's Doctor Who. I'm Jeff. I'm Skylar. I'm Avery. And today we are discussing Series 1, Episode 11, Boomtown, by Russell T. Davies, our boy, the legend. The based king. The based king. Um... So this is another visit to Cardiff in the modern day, where they run into uh, our pal Margaret Blaine from the Slitheen episode, up to up to no good, and uh, shenanigans ensue. Uh, Indeed. So I like I like how this just like normal ass episode has a fucking recap on it. <laughs> like it's 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 one of those things where it's like it's like thematically connected like it's story connected to to aliens of london but i also think it's like thematically connected to like some of what the the season finale will start to get into a little bit but um other than that you know we we open on this uh inspector guy telling margaret blaine that this uh this this power plant or whatever um, the design isn't safe and could result in the death of millions and is asking her to stop it, which, of course, is our uh, our cold open. Uh, so, uh, spoiler alert, he fucking dies. Rest in peace. <laughs> yeah. What a gamer. <laughs> <laughs> Too much gaming. Um, what I noticed right from the bat, and it's more obvious way down the line, uh, is that to me, the look of the Slitheen looks marginally better. Not when they're like not when she's coming out of the skin suit that still looks cheesy and appropriately creepy but like i don't know maybe it's just because there's one instead of like three going around at once or whatever but it looks yeah it looks marginally better yeah that that's that's fair um so after the the credits um i think i forgot about this episode the first like pov character you see in this episode isn't like the doctor or rose or jack no it's fucking mickey my boy ah ricky smith um Ricky who who answers the door and immediately gets like stood off by Jack who is wearing a extremely skin tight shirt for this entire episode and Ooh, an extreme, an extremely unflattering 
pants, I think fanny pack, and, like, jacket. Yeah, no, it's really funny. (laughs) I'm just like, this is the most unattractive thing you can put him in, but also it's John Barrowman, so it barely does anything to him. Yeah, it's like like a like a minus point five to charisma. <laughs> um, <coughs> um, Retweet. And so, uh, yet another th- episode where it's like, dear God, Jack, how did they get away with this in two thousand five? <laughs> the doctor openly flirting back too. It's just yeah. like I'm worth it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, not gonna lie. I, you know, like... I ship it. Uh, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, that's that's something I'd say, which is, like, I'm more familiar with, like, Ten and Jack because I've seen, like, Season 3 and, like, Journey's End and that stuff, like, more times. But I feel like he makes a little bit more sense with Nine. Like, they have a better dynamic, a more interesting dynamic. Also, it's just a better, more interesting ship. <laughs> totally. It really is just like the the their playfulness plays off of each other. It's really yeah, good. yeah, yeah. And then what happens next, which I love, is that like Rose and obviously Jack would, but like Rose is kind of participating in the exposition slash techno yeah. babble too, which I kind yeah. of miss from like later on, where the companions, no matter how long they've been, they might be like slightly more savvy to like, oh yeah, we're used to this, but they can never like have yeah, that they don't type have... of connection except for maybe they... nardle but that's a cheat and, and 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 clara to some extent but that's mainly because they don't have they don't have someone who's like a mickey to like play off of yeah fair enough i don't know i miss it shut up <laughs> so nerd <laughs> um we get it you also also, I love how we get the uh, the first the first like does nobody notice the TARDIS joke? Like that's that's the first I realize that that's actually like the first time in the entire like new series like anyone like questions it. <laughs> yeah, Rose asks what a police telephone box is, but then she's just like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> but <laughs> it's a nice longer explanation. Yeah. Um <laughs> then you uh, uh they say that you know they have to so they're they're the reason why they're in cardiff is because they're letting the tardis refuel because the rift's still there <laughs> um and that means that they're there for 24 hours so they all head off in search of you know just hanging out eating some food um and it cuts to margaret blaine having like a little like pr moment about this nuclear power station that she's planning but she gets uh cornered by this reporter and my god the black comedy in this scene wait wait before that before that though can i finish talking about the uh the last scene because there's some funny yeah moments. oh yeah uh, okay I, I really like the moment where uh you know they're talking about like won't somebody notice the police box uh and you know the doctor's like, oh no, whatever. And then Mickey's like, that old lady's staring. And Jack is like, probably wondering what four people could do inside a small wooden box. Yeah. <laughs> and Mickey just straight up goes, what are you, captain of the innuendo squad? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, and then Jack does that weird W sign. And I still, to this date, have no idea what that means. Yeah, I, I don't either. <laughs> Maybe it's I a 51st that... century flip off. I know. That, I think it's. I cannon. think it's. I think it's like a British thing. I'd, I'd ask my dad, but I don't wanna. Um, 
no it's but yeah it's just similarly like wow they they really were able to get away with a lot more than they've like even like remotely tried to recently yeah i mean this is also just a convenient plot device that like never gets used again pretty much yeah <laughs> um Wait. then the reporter <laughs> Yeah, who, there's who just conveniently the, is about the, to be married and is with child. Well, okay, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So, uh, convenient. Um, so the fucking the the scene where she's talking with the reporter and the reporter's just bringing up all these deaths and she's like, "Well, it's it's like it's got the black comedy and it is so funny." <laughs> she's so like. Yeah, she's like the entire team of European safety inspectors, and she's like, they were all French. It's not my fault if danger explosives was only written in Welsh. <laughs> like, <laughs> accent with the Cardiff Heritage community. The electrocution of that swimming pool was put down to natural wear and tear. <laughs> and the architect? It was raining. Visibility was low. My car simply couldn't stop. <laughs> and then the, the guy, she mentions the guy who gets killed in the cold open. And she's like, slipped on an icy patch and she's like he was decapitated he was like it's a very icy patch <laughs> i love that so much <laughs> um, anyways so you know she decides that this reporter knows too much and is obviously trying to get her off into a uh, secluded room so she can off her and then they have this this conversation where the reporter mentions that you know she's married and has a child and that makes her not want to do it and oh dear what? um so yeah uh margaret blaine isn't able to to kill this one person because she mentions that she has a, a family and kids and that reminds margaret about the fact that she doesn't have a family anymore i guess um you know okay there's a there's a lot of good like motivation stuff and like wondering like you know is this character good is is this character bad you know i think that's done better later on the scene's fine it sets stuff up yeah. um but yeah um I, also, I will say, yeah and then and then we cut back telling a uh a raunchy story <laughs> the woo yeah I, I want that story in Big Finish. <laughs> I'll probably get to it one day when they, like, run <laughs> out of other shit to do. <laughs> yeah. No, I was just going to say that uh, in in the previous scene we're talking about with the... Uh, where she's deciding not to kill her and she's, like, in her Slitheen form. That, that moment specifically, I was just like, wow, like... The suit is holding yeah. up. Like the emotion is coming through. Yeah, yeah. Um, the fact which that was like fucking, really important. Like, yeah, the fact that the suit can like emote is like pretty great. Like they they managed to get like that level of emotion out of the suit. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And then the doctor steals an old man's newspaper. <laughs> and that that's how they find out that uh margaret blaine's still around and then it cuts it cuts to them in the uh the the foyer of the city hall <laughs> and jack does this whole like mission briefing thing and goes through this whole like tactical plan and the doctor's like excuse me who's in charge 
<laughs> and Jack's like, oh, yeah, right. Sorry. And the doctor's like, yeah, what he said. Excuse me. He goes, Sorry. Awaiting earners, sir. A little bit of. Ooh. Ooh. And then and then Jack says present arms and they all pull out like 2005 ass mobile phones. <laughs> Yeah, um, that's a also, good... <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, the the funny thing is, is like this episode has like two sides. There's like the the serious character piece, which is really good, and then there's the like deadpan comedy part, which is also really good. Oh, and just the next scene uh, when he goes to, yeah. to talk to her is just flawless. I love it so much. <laughs> that aide is really working for his paycheck, trying to. Yeah. Trying to wrestle the doctor away from the mayor that just crawled out the window. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> all, like, all three of them running through the building and, like, Jack jumps over this trolley and Mickey fucking, like, trips over it and eats shit. <laughs> um, yeah. We don't get awesome Mickey until later. <laughs> yeah. This is we, all part of his character cool. development. Yeah, we don't get cool Mickey until around the same time that Rose becomes extremely uncool. It's like the inverse uh, property of... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, something. But yes. Yeah. Um, And then she teleports out and she's like, haha, and then the doctor just kind of gives this like really bitch face and just pulls out his fucking Sonic. <laughs> and they repeat this joke like three times. Oh, but Rose says, uh, Rose says at first, oh, the doctor's very good at teleports, so it's sort of like the, uh, you know, she's been traveling with him for a while now. Yeah. Yeah. And he, and he says he is in the, uh, end of the world with Cassandra. Yeah, I exactly. I didn't originally realize that was a callback, but then I thought about it, and I was just like, oh yeah, they did kind of showcase that once. <laughs> yeah. Also, the, it's also the great really... light. No, go ahead. I was just... I was just gonna say it's it's really cool to see that there are there are species that the doctor just like can easily bulldoze over and take yeah. care of, um, which like kind of ties into the family of blood about how he didn't have to run away. He just was like not wanting to do what he ended up doing. Um, yeah. But it's interesting seeing this doctor is much more like down to business so he's just like nope not screwing yeah, around no. yeah that's that's nine in general um also <laughs> the great line where margaret's like this is persecution why can't you leave me alone what did i ever do to you and nine's like you tried to kill me and destroy this entire planet <laughs> yeah it's it's a great it's a great moment just everyone even the minor characters, even the villain especially, she can really hold <coughs> the uh, the com the comedic and the deadly serious, um, yeah. which is important for a character like this. Yeah, um, and so they they discuss the the nuclear reactor, and they figure out that the nuclear reactor is built on the rift and will go critical. And when it goes critical, she can use this thing called a tribophysical waveform macrokinetic extrapolator <laughs> to, uh, get the hell out of Dodge by essentially surfing on this planet wide explosion. I'm trying to multi-dimensional surfboard. I'm out that, uh, tech techno babble to see if it actually means anything. It doesn't probably not. It's just like, it basically just wait uh, let me see if tribo means anything 
I I doubt it. I'm glad they just call it the extrapolator later. Oh, it literally doesn't even exist as a as a <laughs> prefix. So it's just a nonsense prefix than a physical waveform macrokinetic extrapolator. That's just a really fancy way of saying a surfboard. Hey, yeah. morphology evolves a lot in language. Okay, we can. We, we I can mean, move that's on. that's really. I think I think the fact that it's just a fancy way of saying surfboard is really funny and fitting. So. Oh, totally. I mean, yeah, waveform. So it's just like it captures waves, macrokinetic, big waves, extrapolator. It uses them. Yeah. <laughs> it uses really big waves. And then this is the first, uh, well, not first, but like the first direct acknowledgement of the bad wolf thing that's been sprinkled yeah. um, in and around the series in Welsh, which is a nice touch. Um, but I love how it's treated all seriously. And then uh, obviously the doctor, who's probably right most of the time, is just like, oh, you know, you, you travel a lot. You pick up certain things. Not important. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So then they bring so, her back to the TARDIS. Yeah, yeah. Then they, they then they assume, oh, I, can I call yeah. on her one of her lines in this scene, uh, where, yeah. where they ask like, "Isn't somebody supposed to be regulating this?" And she's like, "This is Cardiff, you know. We're in South Wales. Nobody gives nobody in London cares. The entire yeah. coastline could fall into the ocean, and no one in London would care." And she's like, "Oh no, I sound like a Welshman." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's the whole like. I do love the <laughs> jokes. Yeah, yeah, no, the the Cardiff jokes are really funny considering that production was based in Cardiff. <laughs> so it's really just poking fun at themselves. Yeah, um, no, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Also, uh, real quick before we uh, move on, um, the the subtitles on my official Region 1 USA DVD copy of the complete Series 1 fucking spell Raxacorical Fallopatorius wrong, and it pisses me off. <laughs> oh no. Someone didn't do their job. <laughs> yeah. Typical. Someone wasn't looking at the script. Um, <laughs> anyway. It's in this scene... It's in this scene as well that she also, like, they're like, yay, we caught you. And then she mentions that uh, their planet or their culture, whatever, has the death penalty. And everything just stops. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, and that's, this is, and this that's, is such an, this is such a nine thing, too, where, like, maybe ten, but definitely not eleven, and especially not twelve or thirteen, uh, where he, she's like, they have the death penalty, and Nine's just like, I don't fucking care. I'd argue early twelve might not care. No, but twelve, you're... twelve would, twelve was anti-authoritarian enough that he wouldn't care. Eh, fair enough. That that's a rabbit hole we don't need to go down. But yeah, I, especially Nine, having come from an area of like extreme justice and warfare and punishment, would be like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. You did it to yourself. Yeah. yeah. No, it's 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 really one of the things of like watching this scene, man. I'm really bummed that we didn't get any more nine. Yeah, um, and I'm I'm hoping in the future that we might get some. Did you guys see that at like this big like fan convention, he was actually there and did like a read of like the Father's Day script with Paul Cornell. Oh yeah, Gallifrey one. 
Yeah. I believe. So, I, yeah, I'm hoping that maybe, you know, maybe we see him again in the, the 60th anniversary, or maybe he gets his own line on Big Finish, similar to, like, Paul McGann's line. That would be nice. It would. I just I just want to hear more stories from him, from him, man. Um. Anyway, so they 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 essentially arrest uh, Margaret Blaine and take her back to the uh, the TARDIS. Um. And this is a also, really good I, I, scene. Yeah. Also, I like the co- the comment that Ro- before we get into like the serious stuff, I like the comment that Rose is like, "Hey, shit, we got a prisoner. It's really a police box now, guys." It's like not now, Rose. <laughs> Now's not the time. <laughs> I do. Also yeah. Like, I do like how she talks up the doctor's tech. Yeah, that's a good touch. It's sort of like, even in space, you know, there's disparate, there's different levels of tech. Oh no! Like even even for spacefarers, Time Lord technology is like this own fucking like eldritch thing. <laughs> Like, in yeah. Big Finish, like, they have the ability to, like, erase someone from ever existing, like. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, <coughs> I remember reading it's, about that. It's, like, their own, they, they're on, like, their own level. Partly because Rassilon engineered them to literally always have supremacy to the point that he erased other species from existence just because they might evolve to be better than, uh, than than the uh the time lords so yeah <laughs> uh i also like that's something some things to get set up in this scene so first she she calls it the technology of the gods uh and you know and he mm-hmm. says don't worship me I'd, I'd make a very bad god which comes up later uh yeah also the play where she, you know rose has that comment we've got a prisoner uh you know the police box is really a police box and she goes you know you're not just the police you're executioners uh yeah which, you know nowadays that, that that just is the police so i don't know what she's talking about <laughs> rip we just lost all our followers no i'm just kidding no we don't because most of our right. followers are avery's friends <laughs> F- fair enough fair enough yeah it's really it's really great because it's especially for 2006 is when this would air it's yeah really critical at that type of punitive justice and the fact that mickey is so quick to be like, sort, oh, sort she of. deserves it. And then there's sort that whole, of. like, long drawn out, drawn out moment of, like, who can look me in the eye? Um, and I kind of wish the doctor had, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd, there's debates I'd about that. Argue, yeah, I, well, I think that's also part of a thing of, like, character development where, like, I think if, like, he was, like, early on, like, if this was, like, episode one, episode two, he fucking would have, but since he spent <laughs> time with Rose not necessarily um also no what I was gonna say is like I see what you're saying I think that's slightly messed up by the ending but yeah um anyways so and then we get into the uh Rose and Mickey tea yeah oh yes <laughs> oh well well first first we have the thing where the, the where Jack explains that he uh he Jack like she wants to like have a last request. She wants to leave, and Jack like they don't. He's like, no, I won't do that. And then Jack fucking pulls out like fucking handcuffs and is like, yo, man, go to town. <laughs> I was just like, of course you'd have those, of course. Yeah. Ooh, woo. <laughs> exactly. Um, 
oh yeah and she straight up fucking says dinner and bondage works for me and i'm like rtd chill <laughs> yeah the, the uh, humor and yeah, darkness uh, is on point that line was uh ooh, that, that was a spicy line yeah that's that's rtd for you <laughs> and then like mickey and rose kind of get like Obviously, it's more like tea and like drama and relationship stuff, which is actually like pretty poignant. But there's that whole actually, thing of no, them no, describing. We, we no, well, okay. Do we just want to like disc? So these these two scenes are like sort of intermixed, like in between. Yeah, in between, <laughs> yeah, like in 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 between each other. So you have like the restaurant scene, and you have Rose and Mickey. Do we want to just like take them one by one? Or do we want to intermix them like the show intermixes them? I take them one by one just because there's okay. even yeah. though there's substance in the Mickey and uh, Rose stuff. Yeah, it, yeah, okay. Let's, we can yeah, get let's, that out of the deal, way. Let's deal with their fucking relationship issues. Um, <laughs> All this tea. Like Rose is okay. Like I'm not gonna say that Rose is badly written, but like in this season, she's very well written. I just don't like her as a person. <laughs> oh, yeah, especially... Oh, God. So the, the first thing she says is, like, you know, he, he mentions having someone new, and, and you know, he explains who, and, and, and then she's like, well, she's nice, and then she's like, she's a bit big, and it's like, yeah, bruh. It's like, it's like, fuck off, Rose. And then a little bit later on, she's like, you don't even like her, and I'm just like, please don't. <laughs> like, that's not the line you need to go down, and... To, yeah. to the writer's credit, it's a very realistic argument because, like, uh, yeah, no, it's it's re it's very realistically written. And again, I don't think Rose is written badly. I just don't like her because I don't like her as a person. <laughs> no, no, like by about this point in the season, you know, I stopped being bored with her, and it's more just like, damn, you kind of suck. You kind of yeah, sick. but like legit, some some tea for y'all viewers and co-hosts. But like this this scene. Like, watching it now gave me hardcore flashbacks to one of my previous relationships. I'm not going to say which I, one, I, I think, in case I, I think ever... I know it. Which... Yeah, you probably know. <laughs> but, yeah, it was it was just like, damn. <laughs> and the fact that he's like, both people are kind of screwing up in the argument. He's just like, yeah. oh, yeah, I'm seeing this one girl. And yet he, like, brings up the hotel twice. And then yeah. <laughs> she's yeah. just like, things will be different. But then, like, runs off and... It's, it's just, like, a beautiful mess where, like, obviously yeah. I think Rose is more in the wrong because she's, like, been putting way less effort and Mickey's been trying for way longer. But it still it still drives the point home. It's it really, like, masterful, like, B-plot that kind of just happens in this scene. But it works. And then you it's obviously intermixed with the A-plot, which is, like, also amazing. So, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I, I think the other, the other thing that I like about this is it, it kind of shows, like, how we get to Torchwood, because Torchwood, despite also being kind of a hot mess, has similar, like, things where, like, people fuck up a lot and have arguments kind of like that, like, a lot, and they're very sort of realistically rendered um in between all the sort of wanking about and like look at how cool we are um <laughs> anyways so yeah mickey just 
kind of points out like how shitty it is for Rose to just kind of like dip on him for like months at a time then like be pissy when he starts going out with someone else and yeah it's it's yet he's toxically dependent on her it's like tragic yeah mickey's a simp guys (laughs) he really is oh my god and it literally (laughs) says like yeah i will wait for you let's make that meme yeah um so yeah yeah that i think this scene's really good and then it cuts to you know, I talk up Dalek a lot, but I think this might just be, like, my, like, if you, like, edited it all into one, like, straight scene, I think this might be my favorite scene in all of series one. Which it's is the, this, the scene with Margaret and the doctor in As opposed the, to the one restaurant. Scene. What? As, As opposed, opposed to, to one scene. As opposed, I, I was, yeah. <laughs> god damn it. As opposed to one gay scene, uh, <laughs> Okay, uh, we're taking new co-host applications, guys. Just drop it in the Twitter handle below. And, that would have been yeah, let me, let me, let me. That would have been funny if you'd heard me the first time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Doctor Who. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it starts off with, like, the humor in this in this episode that goes great, where she, like, she tries to kill him three times, like, once by poisoning his drink while he's not looking, and he switches the glasses, <laughs> and they, they both are like, and she's like, thank you, and he's like, pleasure. <laughs> and then she's like, like, did you know of that in our species, in extreme cases, a female rexacoracophalibaturian can manufacture a poison dart within her own finger, and the doctor fucking catches it mid-flight and was like, yes, I did know that. <laughs> and then she leans forward and is like, as a final resort, the excess poison can be exhaled through the lungs, and he fucking sprays breath freshener at her. <laughs> and he does it so casually, too. It's just yeah. like, that's a very... <laughs> It's a very nine thing. Like he doesn't get mad or anything. He just like, yeah. He takes it so much in stride. Yeah, big dick nine moment. <laughs> it's a very good scene construction too because it gets very heavy, but it like eases <coughs> into it. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, and well, yeah, because it it cuts to you know Mickey and Rose, and then it cuts back and she's explaining like how like horrific public execution on Rexacorcophalipatorius is. And this yeah. this whole scene where the doctor's like, I don't make the law, and and she kind of you know calls him out because she's like, I can change, and the doctor's like, I don't believe you. Like th- this cat and mouse, especially, especially because I don't think there's any one right answer, because she yeah. has valid points and the doctor has valid points. Part what of which, I do... yeah, you know, I think I think the ending kind of bungles it a little bit i think also just because it's like a 45 minute episode like i think like a a, like a fit like just like maybe even just like 15 more minutes would have made it like a bit more solid like had like 60 minute runtime but well i i have my own argument for where i stand but i'll i'll put that at the very end when she like regresses herself but yeah 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 this whole scene reminds me especially of the like oh you know you're you didn't write the law but you're delivering it kind of reminds me about the whole like mini debate we had around like what he does with cassandra how he seems to have a distinction between uh (laughs) like i'm not killing her i'm just letting her 
die, but, and it seems yeah. like a sort of similar situation here, um, which Monster nine at least grows yeah. out of. The other doctors kind of, kind of <laughs> mix and match. Yeah, like what their stance is yeah. on that, depending on the writer ten, and depending on the yeah. episode. But it's no, it's ten, good within ten, this character. Ten and twelve are really fuck that. Um, nine, uh, uh, eleven is kind of in the middle, and nine is super hardline follow the rules. So yeah. What you're saying um, is that nine is a cop. Don't um, don't make me don't make me do this, Avery. <laughs> <laughs> I was just I I really like nine. Don't make me do this. <laughs> I'm ju- I'm just saying that's what you seem to be saying. Well, I mean, uh, there's I a don't difference think, between like I don't th- <laughs> no no I, no doctor is authoritarian enough to be a cop. Like the, the like even like the ones that follow the rules more still have enough of like an anti-authoritarian streak. All right, all right, all right. What if we call him a hall monitor? Maybe <laughs> I could I could watch a Paul Blart Mall Cop uh, reboot with uh, Christopher Eccleston. Christopher Eccleston that Mall actually, Cop. That would actually be so good. I can see, I can totally do that. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna DM his uh, publishing Twitter right now. <laughs> Write a script. We're gonna hook this up, y'all. Anyways, um, Doctor Who. <laughs> that's probably gonna be the cold open. Um, so. She points out that, like, you know, what happens when he leaves, like, what happens if not everything's fine when he leaves, like, what what would happen if you'd looked back for once? Which is um, kind of interesting foreshadowing, too. He just leaves Satellite 9, and then a hundred years later... Satellite that. 5, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, yeah, that's, that, that's where kind of this, this sort of thematic, like, it's... It's not quite as strong as, say, like, Utopia or Haunting of Viodiodati, where, like, it ties into the finale. This one very sort of thematically ties into the finale. And the um, close-ups, too. Oh, my gosh. Those close-ups are so good. They're, like, so imposing, yeah. but they, like, that's yeah. where everything is, in my opinion. That's when I was yeah. just like, this episode is <laughs> way better than I remember it. Yeah. No, I really like the thing where, like... He points out, because she's like, you know, I, I could have killed this person, but I didn't. And he's like, that doesn't mean that you're a good person, you know. Serial killers might still occasionally spare someone. That's that's yeah. not enough. This show, later on, especially in, like, you know... I hate to do it again, but especially in, like, Moffat or, like, maybe Chibnall era, like, I feel like this show would do that. Whereas this still kind of points out, like, no, you still murdered a fuck ton of people, and you will probably still continue to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Just because I... you didn't kill one person doesn't mean you're... <coughs> As I said, I'll, I'll save my argument for the very end, but yes. I honestly, I, you know, the, the line of, you know, sometimes you let one go, that's how you live with yourself. That one, like, ri- that, that one has, like, stuck with me since I first watched this episode. Like, it's yeah. just... Oh, it is so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's speaking from experience, too. Yeah, like, kind um... Just, yeah. I remember watching Schindler's List in my film analysis class a few months ago, uh, and if you haven't seen that movie, there's this part, like, there's this subplot in the movie where, you know, the sort of, the guy who runs the concentration camp 
is like in love with his you know jewish servant and like wants to get her out and like disguise her as a german uh and it's sort of like that's how he lives with himself because he, he he treats that one as human you know and it's the same thing here so yeah it's just like the same idea uh it was very interesting and just like yeah and then the way she turns that around on him you know you're speaking from experience and you know and he's like uh and he just sort of like doesn't answer and then she's like i'm i'm one you should let me go like that was that was good (laughs) yeah and especially the the the, like this whole scene where it's just like five minutes basically all like mid-shot or close-ups and just two like really good actors going at each other like this is like something that like you could do it on like in on like a stage play with like a completely blank set aside from the table and it would still work if the acting was good enough oh yeah um yeah and then you know this is this is my one thing of like you know 45 minute syndrome is that i think sort of the jump from them having this debate to it basically already being like okay you know she's sabotaged the tardis because jack was installing the extrapolator like the fact that it instantly jumps to that is like it's an unavoidable byproduct of the fact that the episode is a 45 minute time slot like I feel like if they had fifteen more minutes, they could put a little bit more gap into there, and it would like genuinely leave <coughs> the viewer guessing a little more. And yeah, it's just a little bit rushed for me. I agree. I can understand I like, that. I feel like if this were you know coming out nowadays, and you know as all new shows are on Netflix, it would have sort of that flexibility you see in a show like Black Mirror, or like yeah, the, yeah, or like the new yeah, no. The, zone. Where you know, yeah. show whoever's writing the episode has can have as much or as little time as they need to tell their story, and I feel like that yeah, that's really applies here. Yeah, where they that's that's like yeah, fifteen more minutes. Yeah, that's still like one downside of the the of uh, Doctor Who is because it's still airing on television. Like even though Chibnall bumped this slot up to a fifty-minute slot, that's still only like five minutes more. Yeah. So I feel like, like, yeah. just genuinely, like, having the ability to make an episode as long or as short as you need. Well, maybe not as short, but, like, as long as you need, like, within reason. Like, obviously, like, <laughs> if it's an hour and a half, then you just split it into a two-parter. But being able to go up to, like, you know, an hour, hour ten maybe, you know, having having that time, I think, would be, would be good. But unfortunately, broadcast TV has strict time yeah. slots um I mean, so yeah honestly, i agree with as short too like there are definitely some stories in doctor who that i think could have been a better as like half hour stories uh without an extra yes well i mean i'd say take the half hour stories and like you know just put in a different story <laughs> no but that yeah. like that's the thing like if you don't have the constrictions of broadcasting like you can yeah. make stories that maybe, while good, wouldn't necessarily be 45 minutes. And I think that's one of the advantages. And I think it is good to sometimes make shorter stories if that's what the story, you know, necessitates, if that's what it demands. Yeah. I mean, this is going off on a little bit of a tangent, but uh, I'll just I'll just quickly say that the the 
how quickly it went from that conversation to the whole like, oh crap, what's happening? Worked fine for me, but I, but I do agree, Avery. I think uh, one example that's really good is the uh, the Eighth Doctor like mini short, the Night of the Doctor, um, worked yeah. really well as that. Uh, yes, as that. Like, I agree. No, I would have liked to see more of Eight, but like for what it was yeah. telling, and the fact that you can't get a young John Hurt <laughs> to go around, yeah. at least not on a TV budget, it was it was perfect. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I, I like the Night of the Doctor more than I actually like the Day of the Doctor, but we'll get to that later. Um, anyway, So then everything uh, goes to hell. Yeah, the, yeah. so it turns out that uh, she had rigged the extrapolator to uh, take control of the TARDIS, and she says it is just any alien tech, and it happens that the TARDIS is what it was, and of course the TARDIS is a bit of a step above alien tech. So... Um, at this point in time, there are three Captain Jack Harknesses in Cardiff at the same time. Nice. Because, because of time shenanigans in Torchwood, <coughs> and I believe one of them, the one that is currently running Torchwood 3, is desperately trying to make sure that, like, his team, like, don't know that this is happening and are, like, not, you're just letting it play out. <laughs> nice. Uh um so yeah they all they all get in uh this effect is a little bit goofy where it's supposed to be you know like margaret throws like the arm part of her skin suit off but it very clearly like you can tell she's just wearing this lithian arm over her normal arm <laughs> you just don't and need she, to look uh, at it she too grabs much. <laughs> rose yeah she grabs rose um uh, and explains her plan and puts open a hostage situation where the doctor remains like compl- this is the one thing i like where it's like i remember this being like a bit more of a deus ex machina than it was no i i think it's pretty clearly shown that he had this plan all along which actually i think kind of it makes some things a, a little bit less interesting but I'll, I'll get to that when we get to ratings um so it, while this is all happening in Haywire and the rifts being torn open, the TARDIS console cracks open and there's this brilliant light, which is the, the heart of the TARDIS, which the doctor uh, encourages Margaret to look into. And she looks into it and has this sort of like epiphany or mind altering thing or whatever. And she just whispers, thank you and disappears and we later find out that the TARDIS regressed her back to an egg form so she can live her life again okay um, um can I explain quickly before we get into everything why I enjoy this because I have a feeling you don't okay. <laughs> alright so basically and Avery's gonna hate me for this because I'm partially using a like quote in harry potter that isn't exclusive to harry potter but it's the only instance i can think of and it where and it words this best but um like at one point i believe it's like the fifth book or movie Sirius black says to harry potter who is like worried that he's like turning evil and stuff that it's like we all have good and bad in us some have more bad than others some have more good and ultimately it's like what we choose to do that like really matters and uh basically i mean i that's that's just a weirder like slightly more predetermined way of saying like nobody's born evil which is like what i prefer well yeah but i mean my point being that like i think 
that we can take everything at face value that she was like in the end she says oh yeah i had you bleeding out of your heart and this was my plan all along but i still think there's enough indications to see that there is enough of a person in there that the only reason she's keeping going this way is because she's done this for so long that she's used to it and b that she has no other choice and realistically she doesn't and this kind of unique scenario is the only way she could possibly get out so do i think she's ultimately like oh she was like really changing all along like no but i think there was enough in her that once she saw the like basically only way she could do over that there was enough in her that she ultimately chose that but in any other scenario she would have been like fuck you i'm destroying this planet i'm getting out of here it's just the unique nature of the tardis and what that entails that basically allows her to have that ending so yeah that's my argument um yeah so you know the the doctor says that we we had the the rift is we opened the rift that filled it up with energy we can go um rose tries to go find mickey to say goodbye to find that he's uh kind of dipped on her thank god that man can do so much better like martha um and and they go off to a rexicorical fallopatorius to return her to a new family that will hopefully be less shitty to her um so i guess moving on to ratings and i guess i i will go first here since sky explained all of this i think this episode is really really fucking good i think this is an underrated gem and i think it's one of the best episodes of this season however there's enough here that i don't like i just genuinely like think is like a wasted opportunity in the plot and part of this is 45 minute syndrome part of this is just how they structured the episode um which i think in in itself actually kind of runs into 45 minute syndrome but this episode is like an 8.5 to a 9 out of 10 despite that the dialogue is really fantastic the characters are stellar the characterization stellar again even if i don't like rose i can't say she's badly written here because she's written extremely well um my problems mainly lie in i think because this resolution in a sense you know you get the feeling that nine had like (coughs) had this planned out the entire time by like how nonplussed he is by this whole thing or either that or he came up with a plan really quickly or whatever the the fact that he had that planned out i think it kind of it kind of brings the restaurant scene down a little because part of that scene is you know it's it's this debate but you know if he's already come up with this plan if he already knows that he's he's going to win and and that he's made up his mind and that he has this choice you know i don't i don't think it hits as hard as it would be if like say if this was like a 60 minute episode if you know he agrees to let her go or something and then the thing triggers and she explains that and then she's like okay i'll go to the tardis to get my stuff or whatever or okay i'll go to the tardis we can go to another planet or whatever and then the thing triggers i i think that would have been a little bit better than just like you know you go straight to it and he's had it all planned out like it it leaves that that 
more moral flexibility in questioning whether nine is right. Um, but you know, other than that, I think the episode's like really, really good. Um, and it's really like kind of like just that thing that kind of stops this episode from being a 10. Um, okay, I'll go next, I guess. Uh, so putting aside my whole like speech aside, uh, I, I will also say I don't think the doctor had that planned out just because he has that line of like, oh, um, she looked into the heart, the heart of the TARDIS, even though I don't know how powerful that is. So I don't know if he would really know if that would help or not. But um, that's a that's a side thing. Um, yeah, but he pulls up, he comes up with plans all the time without like knowing if they'll work for sure. That's 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 a fair, fair enough, fair enough. Um, but like, uh, dis despite how I uh, really like this episode, I really like the resolution. Uh, I think all the elements are basically firing on all cylinders. To me, a lot of this is just, like, really good, entertaining Doctor Who. There's some great moments, like the main Rose and Mickey argument, and the chemistry between uh, Jack, Nine, and Rose is obviously stellar, um, and the conversation in the... Uh... Hashtag OT3. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, in the, uh, the conversation between Nine and Blonde slash Margaret is really good. But there's a lot of things in between that just entertain me and don't necessarily have me glued to the screen. Whereas, like, in things like Father's Day, I was more invested all the way through. In things like um, The Empty Child and The Doctor Dances, I was invested all the way through. So because of that, you know, it's it's good who. It's, I'd even call it, like, pretty great who, but it's not um, above those things for me. So I'm going to give it an 8. All right. <coughs> Avery? Uh, honestly, just a lot of the same. It's uh, a pretty good episode. A lot of good concepts. A lot of good, you know, th threads in this episode. Uh, a lot of good interactions between characters. You know, the Doctor with Margaret, Mickey, and uh, Rose. Jack with everyone, uh, <laughs> as he tends to. Um, here, here. <laughs> but yeah, just like it could have been a better episode just plot wise it could have used a bit more time uh not too much happens in the episode and you know the the plot between the doctor and margaret even though it's fun gets a little convoluted uh so yeah i'd, I'd say an eight yeah awesome yeah um yeah, I yeah, this episode's just really fucking good. Um anyways, uh moving on unless any of you have any uh last remarks to say. Just that I noticed in the next time thing, they reveal the fucking Oh yeah, they Dalek fucking spoil. Twist, they spoil the cliffhanger. Which is like a weird <laughs> semi thing that who has in its history where like the most recent example I can think of is in I don't know if it was the first trailer for Series 10 or, like, one of the early ones, though, basically spoiled that the Sim Master was going to be in some aspect oh, of yeah, it. And I was yeah. just like, why do you do that? <laughs> it makes me wish I was more like my dad sometimes, who just, like, stays away from everything. And, you know, he, he's a boomer, so that, that comes with the territory. But he, he he's, <laughs> never, he's never not surprised by something, because he just stays away. Yeah. Um... 
Anyways, so next week we will be covering the Series 1 finale, um, which is uh, Bad Wolf and the Parting of the Ways. So I'm expecting there to be some spicy groaning about the uh, the really dated <laughs> fucking reality show shit that like basically like makes up like half the story but um then we'll say goodbye to our lad nine and i think we might do some stuff like some rankings and some overall thoughts on like the series as a whole um but until then uh we will see you guys next week with the series one finale